Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, the series leads have been announced for the Cloak and Dagger and the Runaways series, and we have so many photos that are going to be in the stream this time of the Defenders set photos, Iron Fist set photos, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 has released new high-res stills, and there's more coming up in that photo stream. Plus, tonight we're going to cover two episodes. Dose! Dose! Episodes 11 and 12 of uh, Season 4 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, uh, stick around. I, I'm sorry, we, we ended up not being able to cast last week. I was out of town, and uh, Jeff was... The Jeff busiest was I've ever been in my life. The busiest he's ever been in his life. So, we ended up just not recording. So, we apologize. But tonight, we'll be catching up on two episodes. Wake up and hot potato soup. Yeah, hot potato soup. I don't know that I know what that's a reference to. Operation Hot Potato. Oh, yeah. They said it in the episode. That's right. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matt Carroll. And I am Jeff Randall. Oh, my friends. It's so good to be back with you. So good. How was your retreat? You were gone. It was so good, man. Um, as I as I think I mentioned on the podcast previously, uh, for Christmas, my girlfriend brought, bought me a uh, songwriter retreat, basically. She a bought mountain me, getaway? Yeah, a mountain getaway by myself. <laughs> my, for Christmas, my girlfriend sent me away. Um, <laughs> is, is Christmas, what happened. I sent you away. <laughs> but no, it was really the, the sweetest gift. because day you came back. I don't know why. She knows that I'm really trying to write a lot of songs, so she sent me away to a cabin by myself so I could just be reclusive and write songs. Yeah, just like Johnny Depp. Uh, it was great, and I got to write, like, uh, in, in the last month total now, I've written 24 new songs, trying to prepare for a new album, and I'm super excited about it. Uh, so I won't, I won't bore you guys with any more details, uh, but I'm really excited. I just posted, actually, on the MCU cast Facebook a uh, a link to a song that I wrote out in the cabin. And so if you want to check that out, check it out and let me know what you think. I haven't checked that out yet. And like me, like like the Matt Carroll page if you want to know. <laughs> like all me, the, please. All the, uh, yeah. <laughs> like my Matt Carroll uh, the, the music page if you want to follow my progress with this album because i'm gonna not try to bore you guys with the details constantly but i'll probably i'm sure i'll mention it more because it's what's going on in my life yeah so much so much yeah. so much fun to to be working on original music again after years of doing the cover band thing and kind of doing a little bit of original music on the side i'm really trying to this year make the transition to doing like at least half and half, you know, half yeah. of the time I'm doing the cover band stuff, half the time I'm really digging in. You know, back way back when, when, uh, when we first started being friends, um, and you're like when you called me Tim, when you didn't yeah, know my well, name, I couldn't remember your name for the yeah. life of me way back when. And, uh, I really enjoyed your original stuff. You well, know, thank you. Way back when. And then you started only doing cover stuff, and then you... I mean, I've, you I've done original... Like band karaoke, almost. Yeah, or no, yeah. band jukebox, rather. I still do originals almost every show, um, even even when I'm doing the all the band karaoke thing. Uh, but I still throw originals in, but I just haven't, like, pushed it. You know, I haven't, yeah. like, been making albums and trying to sell them and trying to, like, get people involved in whatever. I mean, um, you were my best friend. Yeah, and I miss you. I, yeah, so. That's the thing. I haven't been making. Uh, he's quoting one of my old songs, uh, but I haven't been making videos. I haven't been like, you know, I haven't been on top of things because it took my full focus to make my career work as a 
whatever as a cover musician, it really took my like full focus for the last couple of years. So yeah. now I'm trying to transition again. Broaden. Yeah, man. So thanks. Thanks everybody for who's uh, a bunch of you guys have already liked the Matt Carroll page and I appreciate y'all, but let's get into some, some talk about some, uh, there's not that much news. There's, there's, there's two major things. Yeah. And thanks to Nathaniel Muzzy who posted them both on our page, but, Did um, he? you know, we do our own research as well and there's really just not much, uh, much I mean, going on. There have been a ton of photos dropping because right. Iron Fist comes out next month. That's amazing. Let that sink in for a second, guys. Next month, we get Iron Fist on Netflix. So that's big coming up. There's a ton of photos that are that are dropping from that. There's also a bunch of photos coming from the Defenders set because they're still filming that right now, and or well, they have been filming it anyway. They're they're close to coming out with that too. (laughs) Um, And then like the Inhumans started filming in Hawaii or well has been setting up to start filming in Hawaii and um you know Gardens of the Galaxy is about to come out in 3 months that's insane and so that's another thing that you know the the hype engine's got to start rolling on that and then not long after that Spider-Man which hasn't had a whole lot of photos coming out but no i feel like you know they they often like to wait till their their first movies out before they really promote the other movie right uh and so i mean i want to overlap but toys are starting to come out for For spider-man for yeah revealed toys are starting to come out for spider-man one of the toys is a little figure of him in his like his old suit awesome before before tony stark got interesting which may mean they're going to go back and tell a little bit of that origin well they do the they show that old suit for just a split second in one of the trailers when he gets smashed into the bus and like um, he's laying in the sand and looks up and he's all bloody. You can see the suit that he has on is that old one. You know, there's that one revealed scene that we got of him talking to Happy. Yeah. And Happy delivering his suit. Yeah. Do you think that is happening at the same time as Civil War? Well... Or do you think this is another suit? I think that one, because of the way that the, he looks down at his wrists and, you know, you see the all the crazy amounts of like extra tech on it i think that is indicative of it being his old suit so that's probably like a a little flashback piece you know of i would love to see right before or right during civil war how great would it be if they did like a full sequence that is civil war from his perspective would be a little bit crazy also and we've talked about this in the past that Civil War might not end. I, I don't I know. I'm sure. I don't know if we talked about this recently on the cast, but we've talked about it in the way distant past. How my theory was that it'd be amazing if Civil War didn't end in the movie Civil War. Yeah, and it, it didn't. Sokovia Accords are still in place. Yeah. Uh, Tony and 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 uh, Cap are still kind of at odds. Yeah, like it, um, it didn't resolve in Cap's favor. Mm-mm. None of it. No, yeah, none of this it. Captain America movie did not end in Cap's favor. No, no, it didn't. Uh, I mean, you know, he survived and he his friends survived, but that's about all. Everyone survived, but no one like no one really won. <laughs> Nobody got what they really wanted. Yeah, and my theory for a long time was that Civil War would go on. Yeah. Well, in this trailers we've gotten of Spider Man, we have um, the government obviously after him. Yeah. Because we've got the him jumping over that helicopter and like guns trained on him and stuff yeah 
Uh, and he's like jumping off the Washington Monument for some reason. Yep. Which is not in New York. <laughs> decidedly not. <laughs> so, so are we going to get like a, are we going to get more civil war in this movie? I don't know. I feel like we might. Well, which is neat. if you, if you look at Tony in the car, whenever, uh, in the, in the trailer, he and, and, um, he and Peter are talking, you know, how do I become an Avengers or like a, an application process or trial or whatever. And he's like, don't do anything I would do. Definitely don't do anything I wouldn't do. There's a little gray area where you mm. operate. And in that scene, you can see he's still got the bruise on his eye mm-hmm. from where he got socked by the, the winter soldier real good. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it's not so, that long after civil war. Yeah. That's awesome. So I feel like maybe we'll get a little, even though we've talked about how there's not going to be much backstory. I feel like we might get a little bit of like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a superhero. This is me on the street. You know, some of that early stuff with him in his early suit, and then what happened in Civil War from his perspective, and then probably go past that, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, and then all the stuff with the Vulture, apparently, which I just I just love uh, Michael Keaton, yeah. and I think that's going to be awesome. <laughs> apparently, Michael Keaton would quote the Batman <laughs> on set. I heard about that. I don't, I don't know what he would say, but that's silly. I heard but, he would just be like, but I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like when they try to get him to do something, he like, like, why would I do that? I'm Batman. (laughs) It's like, he just like, hasn't been in a, in a suit as a superhero in a long time. So it's just his way of just fun for him. Yeah. That's super fun. (laughs) It's like, I remember this. I remember how to do this. I just say I'm Batman a lot. (laughs) He does. Of course. Of course. Why would the vulture say anything else? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So we've got a bunch of uh, casting. I don't, I don't know how much detail we want to talk about them. They basically released the f- the cast for the heroes in Cloak and Dagger and the Runaways. Yeah. I don't know who any of these kids are. Me either. They're all kids. Yeah. They're all kids, which makes sense. They make absolute sense. But <laughs> they're all, I like teens. looked at what they've done, and I'm like, I am not interested in any of those shows. Like, <laughs> like oh, oh well, those, like, all those shows that I've seen advertised on channels I don't watch. Cloak uh, and Dagger is, you know, it's about a pair of teens on the street. Mm-hmm. You know, falling in love with each other and still trying to figure out how to use their powers and and deal with the fact that they have powers. Um, as you read it, they've been they've been cast by Disney Channel star, yeah, exactly, Olivia Holt, <laughs> and the night of's Aubrey Joseph. I did see the night of. Uh, who did she play in the night of? I wonder. No, it's he. It's Aubrey Joseph. Um, oh. That would be Tyrone. In the part, or sorry, Tyrone is his is the the character name. It's Cloak, is who that is. Okay, cool. Um, so I, yeah, I have seen the night of, and it's it it was it was great. No bad actors, but it looks like he was played a really small role. Yeah, he that. was a very tiny role, which I mean I'm okay with. It, you know, Marvel has done really well with with pulling sure. in the unknowns. The thing about the cast being this young. I don't know. I, I'm torn because is it just that maybe they're getting to the age where it's going to be reasonable for them and they're going to be good on these shows. Um, they're also with Spider-Man being so young and these two new shows being skewed so young. Um, it makes me think that they're going for a new market, trying to tap into that younger market and also maybe. just revitalize the franchise, keep Marvel moving because they need to capture those younger viewers. Cause there's guys like us who've been watching it since 2008. There are people that like 
weren't old enough to watch Iron Man when it came out, <laughs> who are now like yeah, when it came out nine years ago. Yeah, like there were there were whatever like six year olds then who are now like teenagers, and they're like Iron Man's old. Iron Man's like <laughs> that's from when I was a little kid. Like uh, they they yeah. think of those as old movies, and they're and they're and they're trying to. I mean, that's the equivalent of like whatever. They they think of that movie like I think of like Terminator Two, you know, like that's what oh, came yeah. out when I was yeah, in yeah. like when I was around that age, and now they're like, oh yeah, that that old movie, <laughs> and they, and they're like fifteen or whatever now, and God, they're that, watching. That just reminds me of when Peter said, "You guys remember that really old movie?" Yeah, exactly, and I think that's I think that's a signal saying like. We're going to skew. We're gonna we're gonna show. We're gonna try to make movies for these younger kids. Hopefully, they'll keep making movies for me. Uh, <laughs> I would really appreciate you making movies for me. Still, I think that maybe that because they have such dark content on Netflix, they have to balance that with the lighter content. Sure, on that's, these these that's a valid that's valid point. televisions. Runaways isn't super light though. Uh, Runaways has some really dark themes. Some dark things happen. Uh, so. Uh, they, that we're not going to reveal because it's a little bit spoilery. Yeah, I don't know how 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 they're going to treat this show, but some of the stuff could could be construed as spoilers. So um, we'll we'll steer steer clear. <laughs> um, but yeah, Runaways and Cloak and Dagger is kind of dark too, right? I mean, if we look at at, at Tandy Bowen, like what how she's described, uh, it's once a privileged little girl, Tandy Bowen watched as her family was destroyed by a disastrous storm that uprooted her life. Now in her late teens, an unexpected encounter with a boy named Tyrone sparks a life-changing event. Like, she has witnessed a terrible thing. Right. And he has too. Because, I mean, his official description is he wanted nothing more than to prove he was fearless. But when everything he held close was taken away, life taught Tyrone to be afraid. Now older and more sheltered, Tyrone closes himself off. But when he meets a girl named Tandy, his life changes forever. Yeah, cool. So, like, they've both experienced a lot of darkness and and a lot of bad things. And they're dealing with it by becoming heroes, I guess. Yeah, okay. Um, So that's... It could be could be construed as dark material and, and and they definitely have a dark past and not that everything has to be dark to be adult that's not really what i'm trying to get at but it in the comic book world it seems to there has to be stakes yeah um sometimes I, it's just really hard to care about superhero stories where there's like no, no real consequences. consequences or or death or whatever like yeah. they they have to they have to come up with some sort of consequences for this to make matter to me yeah. as an adult i think as a kid you can root for the power rangers when there's no real like um, you know they're gonna win you know they're gonna win you, you know, know that, everybody's gonna come out on top yeah no one really ever dies like uh Tommy came back like four times. Yeah, you know. And then he was the White Ranger and he was back forever. Yeah. Took over Jason's role as leader and I don't like that. Still, to this day, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still real mad at season three of the Power Rangers. <laughs> um, no, man, that was season two because those seasons lasted 60 episodes. Oh my gosh, are you, are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you at all. Because uh, I, I it my... was one a day. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess it, it was. was one a day for twelve weeks. Wow, that's that's nuts. Yeah, that's like a soap opera type <laughs> madness. Yeah, it kind of is. It really is. 
All right. Uh, well, let's. You want to Nathaniel Muzzy's feedback about the Runaways castings? Sure. I guess. Oh, uh, also, Cloak and Dagger is set to begin filming on the thirteenth of this month. Wow, February thirteenth. That's super soon. That they're looking at a uh, summer a release. release. No, they're looking at a release of next of uh, two thousand eighteen. Next oh, year. Oh wow. What, what is what is it coming out on? Uh, Freeform. Okay, and that's like a network. It's like that it we used to be ABC have, right? Family. Okay, right. It's the right, Freeform right. network. And what is uh, the other coming out on? What's Runaways coming out on? The Runaways is coming out on Hulu. Oh, really? Yeah. I already pay for that. Sweet. <laughs> I, think these, it's, I think it's Hulu. I don't know it's if I... Hulu or Amazon Prime. I don't know how to get Freeform uh, yet, so we'll see. Man, it's going to be weird if they're on all these different streaming services. And I'm yeah, it's pay. Hulu. Sorry. Good, good, good. Maybe maybe this Freeform, maybe that'll show up as well on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope. So, um, other casting news. They have released the entire cast of the runaways like the entire not the entire cast the entire main hero team up basically there are protagonists Mm -hmm. um and here's nathaniel muzzy's take on it he says we have runaways casting news this is probably the project i'm looking forward to the most after defenders i'm super curious if hulu plans to market it to teens or the netflix demographic honestly it could be a teen drama as long as they do it well looks over at every cw show I'm too lazy to go back and look at the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter casting news, so I'm just going to base this off of Netflix stuff, which is almost always, or yeah, which is always, almost always eight to ten months before casting and premiering, so I'm guessing both this and Cloak and Dagger will launch fall of next year. I'm not familiar with any of the actors, but they all look the part to me. Yeah, they all have the look. I, uh, I don't know any of the actors i don't even really care i mean we can read them the list if you want but i'm i'm not it means nothing to me it's all just like oh uh from all these other disney type shows (laughs) disney and cw and whatever (laughs) let's see we got excuse me we got renzi feliz as alex wilder uh lyrica okano as nico minoru virginia gardner as carolina dean ariella bearer barer bearer Bearer, I'm sure we'll notice that soon. B-A-R-E-R. Uh, as Gert Yorks, Greg Sulkin as Chase Stein, and Allegra Acosta as Molly Hernandez. And then there's a brief description of each character if you want to go through that, too. Uh, I think, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, let's see. We got Alex Wilder is a loud and proud nerd, admittedly a bit of a loner. Alex spends much of his free time playing video games, but deep down... What he wants most is to reunite his childhood group of friends. Nico Minoru, tough, intelligent, and independent, embodies teenage angst. A budding Wiccan, Nico's carefully crafted goth appearance isolates her from her peers and family, but maybe what she really wants, or what she really needs, is someone to talk to. Carolina Dean, model-perfect exterior with a lot going on behind her professionally whitened smile, is burdened by the lofty expectations and responsibilities put upon her by her parents. Underneath her veneer of privilege and perfection, Carolina is experiencing a newfound eagerness to explore her identity and pursue her own desires. Gert Yorks is a purple-haired, bespectacled, contemporary riot girl. Never passing up a moment to stand on a soapbox, Gert sometimes wields her persona as a brash social justice warrior to mask her true feelings. Chase Stein is a lacrosse-playing high school heartthrob. While many write him off as a dumb jock, Chase exhibits flashes of untapped brilliance and engineering, not unlike his wildly successful fathers. 
Molly Hernandez, the youngest and most innocent member of her friend group, is known for her peppy positivity and a deep yearning to belong. Now, Molly's name got changed. Uh, Originally, she was known as Molly Hayes, but now she's Molly Hernandez. Um, Hmm. Let's see. In the book, she was Molly Hayes, and now she's Molly Hernandez. Right, right. In the book, she was Hayes. Maybe maybe just changing for the sake of... uh... Uh, diversity, possibly? <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, uh, Hayes doesn't sound like a la- Latino name. Yeah. So. A Central American. Yeah. They wouldn't mark that um, Hispanic checkbox if they were named <laughs> Hayes. Yeah, so I think I think maybe that's maybe that's changed. Man, maybe it's because the actor was just the best for the role and they wanted it to fit her. Uh, but Or maybe they changed it for the sake of adding diversity to the show, which either way I'm fine with. Yeah, last name doesn't really matter as long as the characters. Are yeah, unless... It's still Molly! Unless they're using it to connect to a different uh, character that it might be her parents. Maybe. If there's a different Hernandez in the, uh, in the canon of Marvel, it could matter. Hmm. But well, I guess we'll, do some, we'll, we'll look into that and see. <laughs> or so if anybody's got a Hernandez idea out there with Marvel... Uh, let us know. Maybe her powers will be different. Maybe she'll be a totally different character. Now, you may recall um, Molly was in the book originally a mutant character, so oh yeah, they can't do mutant right now. Was she the only mutant in the Runaways? I think so. And I wonder if her parents... It's possible they didn't have the rights to her. Like, literally just didn't have the rights to the character. To so Molly they had Hernan- to make her Molly, Molly, Molly Hayes. Hayes. They had to make her Molly Hernandez. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. I wouldn't. <laughs> That's silly. I wonder they if she's going to be an inhuman... I mean, it does. Like, literally, they literally don't have rights to mutants. So. Yeah, they don't. Well, they don't have the rights to like use the word. So that's true. They used mutants in uh, in in Age of Ultron, but they just changed them. They're they're uh, they use the same characters. Yeah, they're with Scarlet Witch and they're special. Quicksilver. They're they're what was it? enhanced or blah blah. Yeah, blah. well, they they call them enhanced, but um, they call them miracles. Oh yeah, yeah. It's another so, M word. <laughs> yeah, use a different M word. <laughs> Call them Molly's now. That way we can <laughs> we can take that word back from the drug culture. From the drug culture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why? Why would we want to? <laughs> it's so good. So that's also going to start filming uh, on the thirteenth of February, and it's going to really? start filming both in LA. Filming the same day. Yeah. I yeah. guess they're maybe aiming for a similar release date. Maybe even this. You know, a lot of a lot of shows start around the fall or whatever. I guess maybe they'll just be coming out. Well, like, is Hulu going to do the same thing that Netflix has done, where they just drop it all at once and we get to watch it all? I doubt it. Hulu in the past has not done that. Okay. Hulu in the past has been a release one episode at a time type of thank God. Show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you say that. You're talking about, but Veracast. you know, I see how those DC on screen guys have it. When, yeah, where you know. so like we have sometimes when, when they drop them all at once, at least we can get together and do like four episodes at a time. Yeah, but if they drop them uh, once a week, once a week, that just means we're gonna have like one night a week. Two, we just have like two six casts hours. a week or whatever. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be intense. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I mean, I'm, ex- I'm excited about the content. I'm just, I try to just stay razzed about the content, and we'll worry about how we have to deal with casting about it. <laughs> we'll, we'll burn that bridge when we get there. Yeah, we <laughs> burn it, cross, cross it, it, cross maybe. it, maybe cross it. <laughs> I prefer to burn all bridges, every bridge ever, every gone. bridge, every bridge I cross is immediately burned. <laughs> Never going back that way. I got, I got some Ghost Rider feet. Um, <laughs> They just called me Ghost Runner. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's well. We have a whole network of people that can help us out. Maybe 
you know, we're supposed to call on them. That's for true. Aid. That's true. We'll put, put out. We'll put out the bat signal or yeah, the yeah, 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 uh, uh, Spidey signal. Yeah, we'll put. We'll throw out the Spidey one of those, signal. A Marvel signal of some sort. Yeah, <laughs> we'll throw something up for Marvel. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we got a lot. We got we got a good bit of feedback. Good we got bit two of feedback. Weeks worth, so, so let's talk about some stuff. So we know Iron Fist is coming out soon. We've talked about how that's going to lead into the Defenders, and it looks like this first bit of feedback from Logan Wayne. Uh, is roughly the same thing. He says, At MCU cast, do you think that there's a possibility that in one of the last two episodes of Iron Fist that Elektra could show up? I think absolutely a possibility. Absolutely, yes, because the the thought is that everything is, is going toward the hand. That's what we thought, at least. Like, the yeah. hand and how they're in New York for this one particular event, you know, whatever they're doing black sky or whatever, right. With the black sky. And then Electra is a black sky and they have her as of the end of daredevil season two. So that's a big event that's going down. Mm -hmm. And if, if iron fist has anything to do with the hand, then she's obviously going to show up. She has to, it only makes sense. It, It definitely, definitely could. And it, and that would be the perfect lead-in to well, the Defenders. I think what, whatever whatever he does is going to have to lead him to some of the same stuff that Daredevil's been dealing with. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Unless there's a completely different threat and we're totally wrong. <laughs> yeah. Which unless, is possible. Unless the hand shows up in like the last three episodes. It's like, oh crap, now I have to deal with these guys. Oh god, what do they have? It is, po- it is very, very possible that... The because really the hand and black sky and all of that hasn't shown up in Luke Cage or well they're uh, not in Harlem. Luke Cage or Jessica Jones, yeah, and she's right there with him. So my my point being that it's it's possible that they want to keep that narrative on Daredevil. It's possible that that narrative is a Daredevil narrative that is going to run through all the seasons of Daredevil, and they're planning it for like season four of Daredevil for this whole thing to come together, uh, and. That maybe Iron Fist leads us to a completely different climax that we need all the characters for. Well, the Defenders is going to include Elektra. Like, we know that. Oh, do we know that? Yeah. Okay. I mean, she's been, well, that's very That possible. casting has been announced. Okay. So, well, that seems... Okay. I didn't remember that. It's like... It kind of feels like every hero from the series and their best friend is showing sure. up in, in the Defenders. So like, I wonder what Electra will be like though if she comes back as a black sky or whatever. Not let's let's not too, too spoilery about it, I guess. Like but. if she goes through Lazarus Pit, yeah, she's gonna be crazy. <laughs> she gets all Lazarus pitted up. Is she gonna be all <laughs> um, whatever? S- Sarah, Death. there is no such thing. Ah, <laughs> oh, she's just gonna be feral. Yeah, she's gonna be fair Electra. <laughs> I'm sorry. So Jeffrey James said to us on Facebook, just a comment about other television shows. While you guys rightly identify Arrow as wretched television, I absolutely cannot comprehend what you see in The Flash. I struggled through the first season and the writing was flat. Example, everyone had feelings for each other. Characters were flat. The acting was one note. The worst episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and there have been some turkeys, is infinitely better than the best episode of The Flash. Um... I'm not sure I ever said I really liked The Flash. I just don't insult it as much because I think there's a lot of people out there that do like it. <laughs> I do like The Flash. Uh, yeah, you do. I do. I'm not, I, I'm not a big I Flash fan I enjoy it because either. it's fun. Yeah. I, I watch it all. I can't, so I can't sit here and say I hate it because I watch every episode of all of the shows. <laughs> but I definitely, to me, the CW shows, 
every one of them is just reduced in quality. Like I never feel super compelled by any of them. Yeah. I found myself sighing very heavily at the arrow episode that I most recently watched. Like they, they hit some trope as hard as they could right in the face with a bat basically. And I'm just like, God, why? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like they're ever really, I'm never feeling tricked by the show. It yeah. never, never anything, nothing ever happens that really surprises me. Unlike Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. here lately. Yeah, well, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. since the very beginning. Um, even even in the first episodes, lately, they always are trying to set up a... What a twist. A set up a twist, set up a... a what's the word I'm looking for? An expectation that yeah. then they turn on the head. And, and they even use... Those tropes, as you'd say, they they know all those tropes, but they don't use them. They use they use the tropes as setups where you're like, oh, this is going to happen. Oh no, it's not. Like, <laughs> um, they 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 set up expectations, like like a third expectation where you it's like this is going to happen, and then you know as a good TV watcher that actually this is going to happen. Then they take it to a third le- way. But they it's take not it to a actually that that happens. It's yeah, also this. It's super. It's super uh, le- layered. And I, I completely agree with Jeffrey that the worst episode of Shield is probably better than the best episode of Flash. Yep. Well, I'm trying to think of a really good episode of Flash that, that that would top it. And I don't. I can't think of a really good episode of Flash as much as I sometimes think it's fun i just don't can't think of an episode that i'm like that's a great episode of the flash yeah maybe when he went to the mirror universe that's what i, I was thinking like i earth always two. like i i feel like the when he flash, got to talk to his mom on the phone for earth 2 yeah that was real sweet oh my god i feel like the flash tears me up is wearing the clothes of a show that i would really love <laughs> But the but they don't quite fit right. The He's meat, always fidgeting. The meat of the show isn't there. It's like it's like a different. The actual narrative is not great, but it is dealing with uh, multiple universes and time travel and superheroes and all the stuff that I love. Yeah, but it checks all the boxes, but it still doesn't feel like it actually does. Yeah, do it. it doesn't do its own work as a narrative. It's like borrowing sure. from all these other narratives that I love and making a show that is in the genre that I like without <laughs> really making. It's like a Frankenstein show. Like, don't you like this? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of that going on. Um, I mean, you know, superheroes are in vogue right now and they're just, they're the most popular thing. Mm-hmm. And so they're showing up everywhere and sci-fi is the same way. There's it's- just, well, it's the new Western, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I'm okay with that. I, 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 lo- <laughs> I love it, but to some degree, there's going to be good ones and bad ones, you know? Yeah, yeah fair. There's going to be good Westerns and like quality Westerns and bad Westerns that are just using all the tropes. The thing that I like most recently about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, this season in particular, is that with them doing the three arcs... <clears throat> Every episode feels like it's important. I agree. They, this uh, this season they have really gotten rid of the the um, wasted episode. Yeah, like even last season. Last season was you know of the three, it was the best because you know they're always getting better. Yeah, um, I agree. In the third season, it still felt like there were like at least two or three or maybe four episodes that just really you didn't care about. You know, they weren't necessary. Yeah. But then this season, with there being three solid arcs, 
so far it feels like every episode has weight every episode has consequences every episode is necessary because and a little bit of spoilers for agents of shield season three uh but didn't they talk wasn't the entire season about hive no what was the first half about the first half was getting Gemma back kind of Oh, I thought that was the end of season two. No, you're right. You're right. She got taken away at the end of season two. You're right. It was all about Hive, but we didn't know what Hive was. Hive was right. the thing on the other planet. It right, was right. It was killing Ward plus also getting Gemma back. Yeah, that's right. Okay, cool. I, I was thinking actually, that was season two, but that was definitely not season two. That was the human yeah. stuff. Man, it's just hard to remember. It's hard to remember where everything falls. Uh, cool. And also... Um, Dealing with, like, oh, we have Inhumans now. These are all over the place now. Yes, which was cool. I still feel like they haven't and fully Lash. done that. Like, they could. And Lash. Oh, yeah. Lash was a thing. Yeah. That's right. I feel like Lash was the main arc of the first half. And then the that they kind of closed that off to bring about Hive, and then they bring it back at the end. Yeah. Which is kind of what they've done in a lot of seasons. Like, they kind of close off an arc and then bring it back to, you know, facilitate whatever they need toward the end. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, next up, Anakin J.K. Gatsby said to us on Facebook, Was I not the only one who desperately wanted Daredevil in Civil War? It so could have worked. The scene where Everett Ross brought up having a lawyer to defend Bucky, perfect intro was Matt Murdock. I keep imagining the scene where Bucky and T'Challa are fighting after Sharon and Natasha tries to take him down. In my mind, Matt teams up with T'Challa to fight Bucky. To which T'Challa then asks Matt after a beat, I thought you were blind. And then Matt responds, it's complicated. <laughs> that would have been really fun. Yes, absolutely. I love the idea of bringing Matt Murdock in as a lawyer, but but it does seem like a bit of a leap from like just starting out lawyer in Hell's Kitchen to... <laughs> Like suddenly he's, he's not this that big well yet. I think I think if they if if they have another opportunity in the future to have a lawyer, just like a random lawyer in a courtroom, I think Matt Murdock would be the go to guy. But I it, I don't know, man. Jessica Walters is a good it's a good one. Jessica Walters. Uh She Hulk. Right, 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 right. Sure. Absolutely. Now if there were if there were a time when you have Matt Murdock versus Jessica Walters in the courtroom, oh my god. Nerdgasms all over the place. Just yeah, but I just think it'd be great because you wouldn't even have to say his name. You wouldn't even have to say Matt Murdock. You could literally just like scan through a courtroom where they're waiting on whatever hero to be brought in, and then you hear like crashes and noises outside, and you show inside the lawyers are waiting for the client, and like Matt Murdock just kind of turns around and looks like he's like the public defender that's been hired. Like it's just a little, you know, whatever little yeah. little moment. Uh, but at this point, it'd be weird if he was the person defending Winter Soldier because he's just a Hell's Kitchen lawyer right now. Yeah. I think after he's he, not an international lawyer. Yeah. Now that he in season two defended Punisher, like that was a big profile case. Yeah. And it sounds like he's also going to be defending. Well, he also um, took down Kingpin. Sure, absolutely. He's had two really high-profile cases. Absolutely, now. and now and now he's going to be defending Luke Cage. It sounds like Probably. so. All of that together, he's becoming like he the is starting to become lawyer. the superhero lawyer. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of in the comics what he does a lot. So yeah, yeah. That's cool. I like it. Yeah. That. Mm. So we might get that, and again, we might get that yeah, here it, in the future. We we may. We very well may. <clears throat> Let's hope. Let's I hope. really want them to make connections. You, we all we all do. We're yeah. right there with you, Anakin. Um, 
but they're just not ready. Slash, we don't know that they don't know how to do them well at this point. <laughs> we haven't gotten proof that they can do this well yet. Yeah, I mean they they can we, do it really well between the movies. Yeah, between the movies, between the TV shows, they know how to do that, and we've discussed it in the past. The one time they did it was season one of Agents of Shield. They made this big connection. And, and then it rocked Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It rocked Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in not a great way. Like, it did once it happened, but it caused them to have to wait for it to happen. Yeah. Which caused the first half, first 17 episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to be slow. Um, and it, we don't want that. But I feel like with better planning, yeah, you we, could have these crossovers. We don't want that. But then we also don't want the Thor The Dark World tie-in where it's just like they talk about the thing and then that's it. <clears throat> yeah. Where it's, you know, episode eight, The Well, is what it was. Mm-hmm. Where they were like, oh, yeah, we're cleaning up after that Thor incident. And then now we're doing something else entirely. Yeah. Like, no, we don't we don't want that. Well, see, I, what, what I think all of us are getting at is we don't just want a one-sided thing. Right now, and that's what it is, it's the movies affect shows. So far, the shows have yet to affect the movies. Right. Um, and I get it. The whole point is the... The TV shows are happening on a smaller scale. They don't always have to affect the bigger thing. They're not going to always affect, but they could. The main excuse just throw us a freaking bone. <laughs> the main excuse is they they don't want the audiences to be to feel like they're forced to watch the TV shows if they're yeah. only watching the movies. Like they don't want to force them to watch the TV shows in order to grasp everything. But which I get. That's good business, and and it's. <laughs> That's one of the problems with comics is you get to the point where you feel like you have to read everything to get what's going on with whatever big arc is happening. And then you just like you just throw up your hands and you're like, I just don't have time in my life to read all these comics. But then they're still doing that with Civil War. They just didn't they didn't care what anybody else had already watched. They said, you've got to have watched you have to have watched all 13 other movies before you watch this one in order to understand this one, and that's how it is. We don't care. I agree. I agree completely. But, and I think that might be to their detriment a little bit. Yeah. Now, I like it. I want them to keep doing it, but I think it could be, could put new viewers off. Right. People who think Iron Man is a movie that came out when they were six, you know? like Yeah. Those people are probably like, yeah, yeah. Civil War's cool, but I don't know what's going on. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what's going on because I didn't care about Iron Man. Yeah. Um, and that might that might also change with, you know, uh, phase three to four transition. Like we could transition out the old and in the new. Like Doctor Strange is now the the leader or whatever. Sure, he's the Tony Stark. But wannabe. even so, asking someone to watch thirteen, thirteen at movies. Mm-hmm. That's a you know twenty. Let's say twenty six hours. That's almost one season of a show. Yeah, that's like asking everyone to be caught up on this one season of television known as the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, <laughs> in the movie form. But then let's add to that four more seasons of Agents of Shield and two more seasons of Daredevil and a season of. I get why they're not just constantly throwing in things. Um, but the thing is, you can introduce characters in a way. You can introduce Daredevil into a movie just like you did T'Challa, and. Uh, Black Panther shows up in the movie. They don't explain him. They don't have to. He just shows up, does his thing, and he and he's gone. Yep. Or, or he can he actually he continues in the movie and does his thing. Um, you could do the same thing with Daredevil, 
and not have to have that much screen time for an explanation and not have to have seen the show. Yeah. You you only have to give enough time to explain to the characters who were the the leads to like explain to them like this guy's just a blind lawyer. He's really good. He's done, you know, these other high profile cases, you know, to explain like this is why we brought him in. And then the real fans, well, not, I guess the the fans who watch everything and consume all of this are going to know, holy crap, that's Daredevil. It's right. Daza. Here's the problem like, with they all don't that. have to have him fight. Here's the problem with all that. And, and this is the problem that uh, uh, one of the um, producers uh, at, over at Marvel uh, kind of, he, for the first time I understood why they don't do that more often. Yeah. And so you film that. Yeah, that movie that you just filmed is not coming out for two years, or whatever a year. The by the time you write it, you've got two more years before that's going to happen. Right. So you've got you have now locked Daredevil into he has to be available when this happens. Daredevil has to be available. So if you want to end be alive and to be available, alive, available. If you want to end your season on a cliffhanger where he ends up in another dimension, no, you're not allowed. <laughs> you know, like I know that that may be a extreme case, yeah. But it's not that extreme. He deals with all this stuff, yeah. If you want to end your season with him like trapped wherever, and then you put that season out on uh, Netflix, he either has to sometime in that season of Netflix go off to do the thing he did in Civil War. Or you have to end your season of Netflix in such a way where there's a time gap where he could do the thing in Civil War. Yeah. You can't end on a cliffhanger. You can't. It locks two years ahead of time. It locks the TV, which the TV people they write like they're writing as they're filming a lot of times. Yeah, uh, not so much with the Netflix. I think they tend to write their entire season then film it. Yeah, uh, because it's just better for efficiency uh but for, for, it's more for, like a movie it's like a long movie yeah so I, I feel like you could do this with more with daredevil but anyway that's that's kind of the problem you you're setting parameters by putting a character in a movie two years before they're supposed to do anything on screen you're setting parameters to sometimes two seasons ahead of time to say okay uh, here is your parameters for Daredevil season four. Uh, if you want him to show up, in, if you want him to show up in the Infinity War, in at the end of season five of Daredevil, <laughs> he can't do this, or he can't do that. And there's all these things you can't do, and yeah. so it creatively handcuffs, which is what happened with season one of Agents of Shield. So I get it. I get why they don't do it, but they just need to write better. That's all yeah, it is. Yeah, you, if you or they have to write ahead of time. The problem is the shows like to react to fan reaction. So especially something like Agents of Shield, they can air an episode, and then they can still re-edit future episodes or even film scenes for future episodes to fix things that the audience isn't liking, or you know that they can make changes as they go. Um, if you if you set yourself up two years in advance for what Daredevil has to do, then you creatively handcuff your showrunners for these shows, which I'm okay with them doing. <laughs> uh, I'm okay with everybody being in handcuffs. Yeah, like, you know, tiny handcuffs. <laughs> Some cuffs, you know. Like, you're, you're handcuffed, like, like you know, <laughs> this is a stupid example. You know a dog is, like, uh, chained to a runner where they can still run in the backyard? Yeah, yeah. They still they're like on a really big runner. There's still lots of things they could do with the episodes. <laughs> uh, 
They just can't. They're not like chained to you one spot. You just can't go across the yard and dig up the flower bed. Exactly. Exactly. We. I think we came to a good. Uh, we're, we're in a good spot now. A good. Good analogy there. Yeah. Let's move on. So sure. Sherman Smith said to us on Facebook, got an Iron Fist theory on how the Defenders is going to start. We get an entire solo Iron Fist story, and the last episode leads him to the abyss we saw in Daredevil. When he gets there, he meets the other Defenders, and the Defenders series starts by showing the other Defenders' journey to the abyss. That's cool. That could work. It's, it's, very, it's a very Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing to do. Yeah. That, like, Just like an entire series of tracks. Basically. Yeah, exactly. The episode, <laughs> episode tracks from season one. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. I'll dig it. Tracks. The episode where we got our uh, our, our cameo by Stan Lee. Mr. Yeah. Stan Lee. Yeah. Yeah, the one cameo we had in the series. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Um, it's he needs to show so, up more. So far on Netflix, he's only been a picture. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's better than we've gotten. <laughs> better than we've gotten out of Netflix series. He's been a picture everywhere. He's, he's a photo in the background. Yep. Oh, well. Uh, Yoda Hugh said to us on Twitter, at MCUcast, both Foggy and Karen know Matt is in hashtag Daredevil as of the end of season two. That was in response to uh, us saying that, you know, Matt Murdock is all closed off and doesn't want anybody to know who he is, so he hides everything from everybody. Ah. Yeah. Well, that is true. I don't remember Karen finding out. It was literally the last thing that happened. I really don't remember that. It was the very end of it. Okay, great. <laughs> he was he was like, I gotta tell you something, Karen. I have to explain this. I'm blind. But I'm not blind. There's a world on fire. You know. Right. I am Daredevil. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna have to rewatch that because I really don't remember season two very well. I remember certain chunks really, really well, but I don't remember. You I don't remember, remember Karen. You keep going back to the shotgun to the face. Yeah. I just. I, I can't get past the shotgun. <laughs> Honestly, I'm stuck I in episode four. I really love. Uh, <laughs> I really love all the Punisher stuff, and and and, and I kind of get like every time I think of season two, I just think of like you just completely forget about the hand and stick with the Punisher. Yeah, Punisher sitting at the diner. Oh, like talking yeah. to Karen, that's that's my that's my shit. Um, <laughs> completely, completely forgetting here lately. At least I've been completely forgetting that the Punisher is getting his own series. Oh yeah, totally. Like, there's, uh, golly, <laughs> stop exciting me so much, Jeff. I'm sorry, I can't help it. I can't turn it off. All right, guys. Well, that's all our feedback before we go into our spoiler section. Um, we're going to talk about some spoilers now for two episodes of um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4, Episode 11 and 12. Episode 11 is called Wake Up. Episode 12 is called Hot Potato Soup. And we're going to go into that right after this. But first, let me tell you that we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine and a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. If you'd like to reach out to us, hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, 573-CAST-MCU if you want to call and leave us a voicemail, or oh, please, to help us out, subscribe on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that. And if you'd like to see hear a show that's similar to this, but about the uh, DC properties being brought to film and television, uh, hit those guys up at DC On Screen. They're our buddies, and uh, they would love to have your listenership. Um, 
So yeah, let's uh, talk about some spoilers now. Okay. We're going to go into spoiler territory for these two episodes of Agents Shield in three, two, one. Maze of freaking robot. And that's been known for a while, buddy. That was a bad. That was a bad. Oh my one. bad. Radcliffe's a freaking robot. There you go. There that's, it is. And now he's got the dark hold. Not robot Radcliffe. Regular Radcliffe. Yeah. So many Radcliffe's running around. So much of that. That swaggerish. Irish? No. Scottish? I think. I think. Uh, yeah. Scottish. That right. Swaggering Scottish gentleman. Glasgow in Glasgow isn't very big. Um. So. Let's. I, I guess let's break this down so episode by episode. Let's talk about this first episode first. Okay. Wake up. Wake up. When did you realize that May was in a uh, simulation? <laughs> oh, you know, it, it took a little bit, actually. Yeah. It took, uh, like, right when they were like, you've done very well, May. I was like, what? Are you? What? Oh, that's awesome. That's great. See, like, I, it got me. It, it legit got me. me. I wish it got me. It, I really wish it got me. I uh, I figured it out. As soon as she wakes up, as soon before you know she's awake, and Ada turns and knocks the glass over. Yeah, I was like, "Why did a robot knock over glass?" Oh, this is the simulation. Ah, well, see, she says, "Oh no, not again." I was like, "Why oh, would dear, Ada? Why would Ada be clumsy?" Ada's not clumsy. She's a robot. She has perfect. I yeah, thought this that is too. The, this is the. Uh, thing. I, I thought that too. I was like, Ada wouldn't be clumsy. This is her dastardly plan. Like she wants to kill May. She's right. been questioning the whole time. I did see that angle on it, but I but I was like, no, this is a simulation. I, I and I knew they were going to put her in a simulation. When he says earlier in the episode, he says, um, uh, he says, obviously I've underestimate or I've miscalculated what it takes to keep May comfortable. Yeah, and I knew from that moment, and we actually think we said it. Uh, May desires combat. May desires combat. Just put we her talked in because last last episode we were talk we talked about a, a battle battle world May edition or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's what they did. They put her in this like maze where she had to try to break out, but it was uh, you know only Ada being chased by a killer robot. That's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, pretty great. You you keep getting better, May. I loved keep it, doing it so faster. much. They say you keep getting faster, and then at the end of the episode, uh, he he says, "Oh, it's so dark, so freaking dark." What he ends up putting her in the simulation, he ends up putting her in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, really am like that's so effed up, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It, it also it's, I mean, is direct- Groundhog Dazer. Well, you know what? More than Groundhog Dazer. Oh no, I'm talking about. The thing where it heal, she never Bahrain never happened. Oh, she yeah. saved the little girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at the end, he says, "There's a great line where he says, if you put her somewhere comfortable, she'll fight. If you put her in a fight, she'll win.'" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love they can't program a scenario where she loses because she's the effing cavalry. Um, they put her in. A scenario. Then they put her in Bahrain, where they use uh, the, the. She has to relive this memory, her most painful memory, one of her most painful memories. Yeah, the, the one, that, the one that defines her. Yeah, the one that de- her defining memory, and then they're reprogramming her to remember it differently. Yep. And we see her pick up the phone and call Andrew, and so Andrew's still alive in this memory. She's gonna wake up all fried, man, because <laughs> we know we know from Civil War that this is a legitimate. Uh, therapeutic technique. Yeah. Having you relive a memory and having it end the way you wish it had ended. 
Yeah, yeah. Is what Tony Stark uses as a way of That's therapy. That's what he's trying to do, yeah. Yeah. His, like, $6 million therapy session. So, so, so Radcliffe has, uh, has stumbled onto the same therapy technique. Uh... <laughs> And he even says it. He says it like w- w- now she's it's helping her. Well, but he's he's changing who May is though. Kinda, yeah. So I'm I'm really interested to see where that's going. That's the last we see of real May. Uh, even in the second episode, we're t- going to talk about she doesn't show up. She's just locked in a in a in a, in a boat somewhere. Um, crazy, <sighs> crazy. That was really good though. Also, Radcliffe is getting powers over the mind that we did not know that he had. Yeah, I realize that he's been designing robotics, but it's it, well, he it's, mapped out her consciousness basically. Right. It's one of those things in comic books and comic book television where a scientist can just kind of do everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like they're they're jack of all scientific trades and master of all scientific trades, and we definitely get that. At least with Fitz and Simmons, one's the biology person and one is the tech person. Yeah, and they they require the other person. Like, I can't figure this out. I really mm-hmm. need the other person because it, this is their field. And we've got Daisy is the hacker. hacker. So like even when Fitz is stuck technologically, sometimes he needs Daisy, which they point out in this episode. Where's Daisy when you need her? Um, (laughs) Sorry. Behind your head, some, my neighbor just like swung on a tree behind you. And I was like, what is going on? (laughs) Um, That was weird. Okay. Sorry. That surprised me. Uh, he was like chopping down a tree, but the way he did it was like to grab the limb and like swing on the limb to get huh. rid of it. So suddenly, I just saw a neighbor like swinging over your head. Uh, anyway, back to casting. Uh, <laughs> so that that's that's all interesting. So the the main arc we have going on, we have a little sub arc with uh, which we mostly talk touch on next next talk when we talk about episode twelve uh, with Fitz and Simmons. But the main the main arc, really, of uh, of Wake Up is the main real world arc. I guess is that um, Talbot, Mace, Coulson uh, are escorting um, Daisy to sign the Sokovia Accords. Yeah, do we actually see her sign? I don't think we actually see her legitimately sign. They're just—it's like they're having a hearing for her. Right. I just couldn't remember if they actually made her sign first, because I could see Nadir being like, sign this. Okay, now that you signed it, we know you already broke it so much. <laughs> yep. Um, because they want her signature on that, so they can kind of legally get her, I guess. Yeah. They they want to basically have her at their beck and call for the council or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and while that's happening, you know, Yo-Yo is going into the the office yeah they have a secret mission which talbot was super against yeah and uh they're they're going into her office and they're trying to basically find incriminating evidence and and find out who's funding her and find who the superior is basically and they get caught yeah who's the superior who do you think it's the guy you think that's the superior yeah the russian yeah what's his name do we know uh, I know they said it in the yes, very last we know frames. His name. Shit, um, it's okay. I'm sure we'll get it soon. But he, you think he's the superior? I mean, he said I'm a superior man. Oh, uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I guess I just, uh, I just thought he was another. They've they've never really done much with other humans on Shield. It always seems like the humans are the bad guy until you meet their like 
the real villain, you know? <laughs> right. The humans are normally henchmen, but I guess he... I guess he wouldn't work for someone who has powers because he's he believes that's cheating. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, he said these people, these inhumans, they got this power and they didn't have to work for it. Sure. I, I, and I loved, I loved his whole thing. He, he's got... I'm excited about his, uh, his character as a villain. Um, I liked... He has a cool motivation uh, to hate the inhumans because he's worked for his superiority. Um it was it was odd to me that he embraced Radcliffe's use of Ada. Yeah, it, it's like he Radcliffe was like, "I made this with my own hands." Yeah, like I, I created this, and he's just like, "Oh wow, that's neat." Now we're friends. Yeah, like, like you you did stroke. <laughs> like she is. It's almost like he accepted Ada as a as an extension of Radcliffe as something he struggled to create. Yeah. Um. But I, I love the idea of this character as a, as a, um, Anton Ivanov. Anton Ivanov. Interesting. I wonder if he's comics related or whatnot. Um, so he, I guess he's the superior. Uh, it makes sense. Um, totally. And just the way Nadir says it in episode 11 made me think like it was going to be someone like that we've seen before or, or someone with powers or whatever. But I guess it doesn't really make sense for the leader of the War Dogs to be... Watchdogs. Watchdogs. I call them War Dogs every time. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't really make sense for the leader of the Watchdogs to be a powered person. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of incredibly against it. Right. Hmm. So, but but it does... It's interesting that there's so much... Uh, there's so much going on with the Watchdogs, the Russians... And Nadir, all and and Radcliffe, all te- all teaming up, um, but I still think Radcliffe, as much of a bastard as he is, is not really with them. Yeah, I think he's just trying to use everybody that he can to get his, to the get the Darkhold, so that he can, you know, do all this research on it and and find that great power and whatnot. What do you think the likelihood is he'll be in a situation that he can't really control, and he'll wake up May? To help him. Like, and then May has to, like, figure out how to work with Radcliffe, even though she knows what he did and everything. I don't know. I have a feeling we're going to get a, a, like, scene of them fighting their way out of the Russians' control. Like, Ada, May, and Radcliffe fighting their way. I mean, because, because we know that the Russian guy is the leader of the watchdogs. The Russians can't be trusted like just because of that, you know? And then Mm -hmm. the Russians, uh, in last season in parting shot, Mm -hmm. they were the cause of, of Bobby and, and Hunter having to leave. And actually they, they mentioned that specifically in this episode, hot, hot potato soup. So like, you know, because of all these things, obviously the Russians can't be trusted. We've got another red scare on our hands, but so, I guess because of that, it would be really easy for them to transition into Radcliffe is having to use Ada and May to fight his way out yeah. of their control and also keep the dark hold and keep his research and, you know, all that. Not to get political, uh, but just to draw parallels here. How much do you think that the use of the Russians in this season and last season um, – I don't know if they wrote it before the whole election hacking – 
scandal, but uh, I, I think they're making the connection between um, definitely the Inhumans on this show are function sort of like the mutants did in the nineties to, to make an analog for race. Yeah. Um, they are functioning as a minority that is being, you know, put down or whatever oppressed, oppressed. Uh, and right now one of the, one of the biggest minorities, uh, being seen that way, uh, are, 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 are homosexuals and also in Russia, the big, uh, they're they're very oppressed there, more, much more so. And I wonder if like they are intentionally drawing that connection on the show, uh, because it. I don't know. It just seems weird because Russia's not until recently. Russia hasn't really been a uh, enemy of ours anymore. Um, yeah, ever since the Cold War ended, they are a bit of an. In, they are a bit of a. They they're problematic when it comes to human rights. Yeah. And so in this, they're also, they're like supporting this group that is against uh, this minority on the show. Um, and so I think that's an interesting, an interesting parallel. But I also think, I don't know if this, this was already written before the whole election hacking scandal and everything. Yeah. But if it was, they got kind of lucky with the Russians being even more like villainized than the media <laughs> currently. Well, there's <laughs> the, the election hacking story they have. And they're like, yes, our season's going to work even better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we already we already drew the connection that they had put in there of like we had made the the connection that the Watchdogs were like those extremist um, right wing, right, 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 almost yeah. like crazy Tea Partiers. You know the right. Uh, we we, we definitely drew the like again. We're not trying to say we're not uh, political. But we're not being political. I think the show is drawing connections. There, yeah, there have always between been the watchdogs. political subtext to Marvel stuff, right? And I think they're they're drawing connections between the Watchdogs being an extreme right wing group, right, against a minority group being the Inhumans. Yes, in this show, um, and so I think the fact that the Russians are getting involved uh, is very timely and interesting. That they would do that on the show. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know. It's, it's hard to talk about it without throwing in, you know, throwing in and pointing out that political subtext. Sure. Sure. And that's why I wanted to say it. I, and I don't want to really get political on this show as, as the, the we two are of an us. escapism show. Uh, uh, we, yeah, we are. We're <laughs> going to talk about Marvel. And I'm not a political commentator. So yeah, I'm not. <laughs> that's not me. Yeah. Me neither. That's not what I'm about. I'm no good at it. <laughs> I, I hate talking about it with other people. So anyway, uh, do we want to get to, to a little bit of, of listener reaction? Sure, sure. Uh, well, let's. let's I, f- I feel like we we haven't really run down what else happened in these episodes. Okay, okay. Um, so we talked about episode eleven. Um, they end up getting busted uh, in the deer's office, which is yeah crazy. Um, and, and I really don't know where that's going to go. I feel like, obviously, they've got to bring down Nadir. And if they bring down Nadir, a lot of this stuff goes away, maybe? But maybe not. Like, they they legitimately did some bad stuff in this episode that should get them probably, legally at least, they're, legally they should be busted. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but they're definitely going against the Sokovia Accords in this episode. I mean, they, they used a powered person for... A covert operation that the council was not aware of. 
against a sitting center. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which like, is like a big deal. <laughs> against a U.S. politician. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. It's a little bit of a, of a huge thing. Yeah, it's a, it absolutely An is. infraction, one might call it. Yeah, it really is. And, and something that was probably needed because we know she's into bad stuff, but... However... There probably should have been some other channels reached. I don't know, though. You know, S.H.I.E.L.D., that's what they do. They're, they're supposed to be defending us from this stuff, but because of the Sokovia Accords, they're not really supposed to. I guess what they really should have done is not used Yo-Yo. Yeah, yeah. That probably would have been a way of getting around this. Like, they could have Just used... him and Mac. Yeah, him Colson and Mac. And Mac. Could have, they could have done some old-school tech-based stuff. Gotten in there, did the thing, got out, and then if they got busted, it's at least not against the Sokovia Accords. It's just, this is what S.H.I.E.L.D. does, because we found out Senator Nadir is doing all of this. Like, they have legitimate reason to be there, yeah. but to go against the Sokovia Accords with the current political climate seems like a bad idea. Um, so that's, I don't know where that's going to go. Bad call, Colson. A little bit of bad call. Talbot warned you. And I, that really f- f- festered some bad blood between... Uh, Coulson and Talbot. Yeah, and you know, it's the this is the first time that I've actually sided with Talbot. Like Coulson, that was kind of a bad move, bro. Like Talbot yeah. called. Yeah, it. absolutely. This is the first time I feel like Talbot has he wasn't been treated. Just, he wasn't just the the comedic like punching bag. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, okay, so then we had episode twelve. What? Not even hot potato soup. Not even all of that, but there was also. Uh, Radcliffe bot. Oh, right, right, right. We didn't even talk about Radcliffe bot. Because they get busted, they realize they have a traitor. They realize someone is using their eye technology, probably Ada, but then they realize how are they even getting the eye technology uh, if not Radcliffe. Yep. And so Radcliffe has to be involved with Nadir based on their, like, roundabout logic that they use in that one scene where they talk through it real fast. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's other ways that could have gone, but... We'll, we'll buy in. Um, so they go to Radcliffe to arrest him. They arrest him, which all the while, Radcliffe is discussing with May uh, about how fascinating it is, like he, that, that she, knows who, she knows she's a robot, and he's asking her, what does it feel like? Which is hilarious, given the fact that he is one as well. Yeah. Which we find out a moment later, but that whole scene was so intense with May. Yep. And it turns out, and how he he like he programmed in the subroutines to like keep her from talking about it. Yeah, you won't want to talk about it. Yeah, uh, like you will just make the decision to keep this a secret, and you you won't you don't you don't know where your programming ends and you begin, and it's oh, God. it's really makes makes Elmad a super interesting character. And this episode ends with her uh, defeated finally, but uh, or episode twelve ends with her kind of defeated, but they don't kill her. They take off, and Radcliffe takes off, and I have a feeling she's going to she's gonna be returning, uh, and we'll get another great May-on-May fight uh, <laughs> at some point. Yep. Because we always get May-on-May fights. <laughs> Those are some of the best fights. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, so, they, they, they track her down. Fitz comes in and shoots Radcliffe in the head, and Radcliffe is a robot. After a good talk with him. Yeah. And, like, he has that realization... And I'm like, what are you, what's going on, Fitz? Like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I got to hand it to Radcliffe. You're just like, and I'm like, oh, no. Yep. And he shoots Really great. Him. As soon as he said, it's, it's my job to protect everyone. He's like, you're not Radcliffe. That's not Radcliffe's job. That's your robot job. That's, that's um, your robot job. <laughs> and then 
you think about it when um, when he's talking about you know we've got the other other LMD in place, and in the next episode when he's talking to Ada during that five day span, mm-hmm. or no was that was it no no that was the that was that episode that okay that so episode. you think about the fact that that's been Radcliffe the whole time with you know we've got the other LMD in place that one is the other LMD like he is the other LMD right there. He just mapped his consciousness to it. Yeah. So he is the other LMD. He's having the conversation sure with LMAD. I'm not sure about that. If he said he's already got the other one in place, then that is him. Well, that was when he was alone with Ada, though. And him, him and Ada take off together to be in, like, Russia or whatever. Yeah. So, like, Ada and him are, are somewhere doing their thing, and then Rad Radcliffe gets arrested. I guess Radcliffe's just hanging out at his house. They leave, and Radcliffe just hangs out at his house to be, like, a... And a uh, life model decoy. A decoy. <laughs> yeah. Um, to do his job. To do his job. To protect everyone. Um, man. Good stuff. It's, it's just, there's so much depth to I that don't know when I don't know when Radcliffe, Radcliffe made the switch of himself, though. Like, wh- at, I don't know if at any other points, if we've ever seen another Radcliffe. Or the, I don't know if we've seen the Radcliffe bot until that moment where May walks in. The, we know that's the Radcliffe bot. That's the only time we're sure of it. I mean, if he says it's already in place, that says to me that that's him. We don't ever see him with other people, though, until that point. It's fair. Uh, except for Ada. So he could be in the offices with Ada and then take off or whatever. Oh, yeah. To go to Russia. He could just be, like, waiting to activate him. Yeah. Um, oh, man, that's so crazy. Yeah. Just, ah, uh, I now, can't, can't very, handle it. <laughs> it very well could have been him at the base, like, the the life model decoy version of him telling May five days ago to go to the house or whatever, but it seems like they got him in place after they yeah. got her in place. So I don't know. I don't know when. I don't know at what point that's a he's a robot and what a point he's not. But maybe that's if we watch point. a little closer, yeah, that's definitely the point. That's the point. Is it's 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 so well interwoven. This series or this season rather has been mm-hmm. just so crazy. So about that. Now on to episode twelve. Yes. Um. Hot potato soup. Hot potato soup. Obviously, the big breakout of this episode is Agent Koenig. Koenig's back. Koenig's back. Patton Oswalt. Always amazing. We even get a Koenig that's not an agent. Yeah. We get an extra Koenig. And Which, then we... In order, like, to to kind of... To keep the balance on that, like, that Koenig is not an agent, but then there's also the original Koenig that is an agent, but it's not Patton Oswalt... Is a female. Yeah. LT. I was just looking up. I've seen her somewhere. Is she also a, uh, a, oh gosh. Is she, is she a, um, stand-up comedian? Yeah. Artemis. Artemis is her name. Artemis Pedani. Um, I've seen her somewhere and I'm not sure where I want to say she might be a, uh, Stand-up comedian as well. Oh, maybe not. Maybe she's just an actress. Uh, but yeah, I've just seen her somewhere, and I'm not sure where. Looks like she's been on uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Ugly Betty, Rules of Engagement, House, How I Met Your Mother, Modern Family, Raising Hope. She's been on kind of everything, it looks like. I've just seen her somewhere, and I just wasn't sure. But most recently, she played L.T. Koenig on Hot Potato Soup. <laughs> Um, in the episode hot potato soup yeah so 
she's been around. I just knew I'd seen her before. I didn't know if she was a. Uh, I thought maybe she was a um, stand-up comedian, which I thought would be kind of fun. That like just the Koenigs are all <laughs> the played Koenigs by are all stand-up comics. Stand-up comics, uh, but no, she's not apparently. Um, so yeah, really good. I I enjoy I enjoyed I enjoyed seeing the Koenigs again. They have so many great lines. I mean, just them when they're in their first scene, they're like floating by on hoverboards, uh, quoting <laughs> nerdy movies. Like they're not even not even in context. They're just like, this is just what we do. We're floating around an arcade quoting nerdy things. Specifically, they were quoting Star Wars for a lot of it. Back to the Future too. Yeah, yeah, and Back they to say, the Future. They say we're going where, where we're going. We don't need roads. We're, they say some a few that I didn't recognize. Um, <laughs> something about being a robot. Darn these robot legs. Darn these robot legs. I don't know where that where that's from. I'm pretty sure that was C3PO. Is it C3PO? Okay, I just knew that they. And I heard the obviously help me Obi Wan when he falls down. Um, but there was also a Back to the Future reference in there, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what all they referenced, but it was great. It was really great. It really just helps to drive home that these are just really fun characters. Mm-hmm. But then, like, turns out, bad guys show up. You know, bad Russian guys show up, and they're they're good agents. You know, they, <laughs> they fight back. At least the one is. I loved that uh, when they're when they're in. Sam is the one that goes back to the Quinjet, and Billy's the one that's captured. Is that right? I think so. I, you might have gotten it mixed up. I very well may have. <laughs> I like that Sam. I think at the Quin, at the Quinjet is or at the the bus or whatever is trying to convince uh, Daisy that he's the one that fought real hard. Yeah, he's like, I I'm not the one that jumped over the bar and hid. She's like, you're literally wearing the same thing. <laughs> oh, I'm not falling for this. Uh... I really and. In his defense, he was he was like ducking down from gunfire and firing back, so he wasn't like just hiding. <laughs> yeah, well, he also he threw the 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 alcohol or the, the oh, drink yeah. in the face of that guy, and then jumped behind the bar. So like he did a fairly good job of just being like, you know, I know this is coming, Wah! and then you know but distraction, then and then Billy comes up with the pool cue and, and uh, clocks him, saves him anyway, and um, then runs off. At the end of the episode, do we know Billy was like taken to the other room to get tortured, right? Yeah, well, he's the was... last we see him. No, no, he uh, he he comes back because no, they make right. the trade. That's right, they, they, make the trade. they make the trade. But then Quake does her Quake thing. Mm-hmm. Agent Quake, agent Agent Quake, which <laughs> I love that Koenig is now like fanboying out. You're a superhero. You're a superhero. Um, also, Quake's powers continue to do just kind of whatever. Yeah, what the plot desires. Whatever the plot needs them to do. <laughs> yep. And I get, like, vibrations can do a lot of stuff, but, like, it seemed like they brought the bag to her at one point, and I was like, that seems weird. <laughs> that seems like a weird way for vibrations to work if they're emanating from you to get them to, like, suck a bag back to you. Well, it looked like she hit the ground past the bag to, like, throw it back toward her. Yeah, it just seems of, a little... Like, repulse from there. Well, I mean, same thing that Magneto does, you know, whatever his, whatever magnetism he can possibly ever do is always like whatever he needs it to do. Right. Like, he just, but his, his magnetism powers, like he just controls any metal. Like he can do whatever that, that is his power is that he can just do whatever. The hers are so ill defined because sometimes it seems like she just shakes the ground. Sometimes it seems like vibrations shoot from her hands. Um, it's vibration, man. It's whatever she it's needs. Whatever it to do. vibration she wants. Don't you it's, know string theory? It's good, 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 good vibrations. <laughs> yeah. 
Always good. Um, it's very good. It's whatever she needs it to do. So this episode feels like a lot was set up. Radcliffe yeah. ends up in the dark hole. D ends up broken and on the ground, and no one... Ta- no, no, they do take her back. They take her back. That's right. I'm, I'm, I'm getting... They kind of shut her down. Yeah. They burn the Ada head and the Radcliffe LMD. I think D is far too interesting of a character to just get rid of. Yeah. Because she legitimately cares about being May, and it's just that if she ever comes up against Radcliffe again, he controls her. <laughs> yeah. Unless I mean, Fitch can get in begs, there and fix her. She begs him to to take her with take him. Take her with him, yeah. And he's just like, nah, you served your purpose. You're not uh, built to last. You're not built says, to last. Which, what does that mean? Oh my god, she's going to break down. He, she's not as permanent as Ada? I guess. Mm. Like, Ada was built to last to protect him constantly, but she was, like, D was built for one specific purpose, and that's it. Now she can just dissolve, I guess? I don't know. Yeah. Seems Ugh. seems weird. Maybe she's got a bomb in her. I just thought about that, yeah. Maybe oh, no! She's laying there on the table about Because the blow eye up. technology was originally designed with the, with the explosion thing. Sure, sure. Thing. Oh, no. But that's just to kill the person, like... They could have he a much bigger bomb. On that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that that's all good. What was there? A, was there a B plot to this one that I'm not thinking of? I don't think really. It was all kind of centered. I mean, the B plot, I guess you could say, was <laughs> Billy Koenig being tortured and get, eat my liver. I don't care. Eat my liver. Take my fingers. And, and he's like, "Oh my god, I'm I'm in so much pain right now. I don't think I can handle this. Do you have any cyanide? He's such a bad agent. I love it. <laughs> Do you have any cyanide? <laughs> Do you have it? Why Why would I have cyanide? Oh, so good. <laughs> what was really funny is when that episode aired, Stan Lee watches it. He watches the show because he tweeted at uh, Patton Oswald and the show a recipe from like the Marvel cookbook from like the 70s, like the superhero cookbook. He he linked them a recipe for liver and onions. <laughs> and was just like, if you're going to tell them to eat your liver, at least give them a recipe, you jerk. <laughs> Good job, Stanley. And they like, they tweet back and forth on that for a little bit. So funny. That's awesome. And, um, what else was there? I mean, do we want to talk about reaction to all this craziness? Sure. Yeah. Let's what hear what everybody's saying. I mean, Beforehand, Robert T. Frost said, I also saw that Patton Oswald is returning to the show. Are the Koenigs our Doctor Strange tie-in? Will Eric and Billy be transdimensional or interdimensional versions of the same person? Able to transport the Darkhold to a safe place? I can't wait to find out, no matter what the show brings. Well, <laughs> I was, love that theory. That was a great theory. Yeah. Could've, Too could've bad been... they're just quadruplets. Yeah, apparently just quadruplets. And it's apparently like solid now. They were just engineer quadruplets. That did work on the LMD program. I really want them to be robots. I know. You want everyone to be a robot. That's what it's about, man. God. Okay, sorry. Just, it would be so cool if there was like old LMDs. Because like, they, they were saying like, these LMDs make us obsolete. Like, we're now yeah, obsolete. And I was yeah, like, yeah. what? They're robots? I know. And then they, like, they give you that bait and switch, and then they, you know, they said we're engineers. Did you think we were robots? What the hell? Ha, 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 ha. Like, that, 
<laughs> that goes straight in the face of what everybody wants ever since Triplet was trying to find out back oh, in yeah. season two. Season two. <sighs> Which times. actually the last time we saw Koenig was during season two. And he, oh, you yeah. know, he comes That's back true. in this one. Uh, I mean, even since season one, the very first time we ever see a Koenig, or the second time we see a Koenig, after Eric's death, uh, and they open the, the bus doors, and there's another Koenig standing there. Yep. It's like the last thing you see in season one, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> who? Who? And you think the LMDs are already a thing. That was a great way to end the season. Yeah. It's, it's funny. They ended that season and season three both on LMD cliffhangers. And it's like it's like they know sh- fans of sh- fans of a thing called S.H.I.E.L.D. want LMDs. We really do. We really, really do. We <laughs> want it to be more of a thing. <sighs> like, replace the director with an LMD so that we can have that. Like, Nick Fury needs an LMD. Because, you know, we want that to happen, too. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's in the comics. So, like, just all of it. Well, I already told you my theory. But I have, I have a theory about what might happen. How this season might play out. Yeah. Um, do we want to mention the next few episode names? or? Oh, I don't. I, I, my theory is unrelated to that. But y- we can. Okay. Um, looking at the list of of the next few episodes, basically the end of this arc. LMD arc. The LMD arc. We had, you know, we had Broken Promises, The Patriot, Wake Up, and Hot Potato Soup so far. The next episode is called Boom. Then after that, a week later, is The Man Behind the Shield. And then a week later, Self Control. And according to what I'm seeing, that ends the LMD arc. That That's seven episodes for that arc. And that leaves the final seven episodes for or seven or eight episodes for the final arc whatever it's going to be yeah we don't even know we don't even know but then you had a theory about the man behind the shield well this is just a random this is just a random thing i think that uh and no not even necessarily that i think that this guy the superior yes uh whoever he is he's after colson right yeah because he said that this is the guy that links all of these bad events together so he is after killing colson we know that i think he's going to find and kill colson but Coulson is going to have been an LMD. Yeah, for at least a little bit. Because we know now that Fitz pretty much has all the technology he needs right in front of him. And they've discovered that none of these LMDs were bad to begin with. It was all, it, the whole LMDs are evil thing was just a, a trick by Radcliffe. Yep. So I think it would be amazing, especially if Fitz does it with no one else's knowledge except for Coulson. Like he's in on it with Coulson. Yeah. Like Coulson just shows up. After that other guy, that superior guy just killed him. And he's like, uh, yeah, I was getting a little, uh, yeah, we had some feedback. I think it was last week. Or maybe maybe, maybe it's actually on this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shea Foley. You want to read that Shea Foley feedback? Let me find it. It's the very last one. Okay. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4, Episode 11. Okay, 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 okay. Did they really just have Coulson get caught and paraded into a very public hearing where Daisy signs the Sokovia Accords? Is this really how Tony and Steve find out that he's not dead? Because S.H.I.E.L.D. spying on a senator is newsworthy. And for God's sake, the Avengers pay attention to the news. I would say that is a great point, Shay. Uh... It is. Po- we don't know that there was there was media in that room, do we? I don't. I don't think we saw. Oh, there was. Well, there were cameras. We didn't see cameras because there is such a thing as a closed hearing. Yeah. So I'm just. I'm just saying we don't know for sure that that was a public hearing. I, I at least I don't recall seeing any cameras or 
photography or video going on in that room. So it's very possible that it was just a closed hearing and only the senators knew what was happening. Um, and maybe they don't even know who Colson is. He could just be an agent for all they know. Yeah. Um, but cause, cause he's never been, he's never been, he's always been just an agent. He's never been director except when it was completely secret. So, um, but another way you could spin this is if he does find out, find out that he's alive somehow, and the superior comes around to kill him, and then he allows himself to be killed in a public way, <laughs> and then he's just dead again, according to the public. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, that's that's just a thought I had, but um, yeah, I, I think that uh, I th- I think he's going to get killed, and then he's going to be an LMD at the end because we've got a guy aiming to kill Coulson, and we have all the LMD technology, and that's just a great shield trope. That we need to see. Yeah, that's a constant shield thing. It was normally Nick directors Fury, being, yeah, but it was the director was replaced with an LMD. Yeah, I just really like that idea. <laughs> oh, 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 sorry. Yeah, uh, Jeffrey James is our next feedback. He actually sent us also a uh, an article. Um, it was the uh, I think it was the twentieth anniversary of Buffy or something like that. Yeah, twentieth anniversary of Buffy, and he wrote an article uh, called "Mentorship Lessons from Buffy the Vampire Slayer." Um, I uh, I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and uh, Jeffrey James writes some cool stuff. So go check out uh, go check that out. It's on our it's he posted it on our page, but it's called "Mentorship Lessons from Buffy the Vampire Slayer." He knew I'm a big fan, so he wanted to post that to us. I mean, it's not like you've said it every episode ever. No, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> if you're a, if you're a fan of Buffy, yeah, you should check that out. It was cool. All right, so he said to us on Facebook, spoilers on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4, Episode 11. Once again, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. reaches new heights of surprising plot twists. I don't know about you, but this season feels much more Whedon-esque than the previous seasons. Uh, the LMD... I'm sorry, the LMD plotline and its investigation into consciousness reminds me of the Insane Asylum episode in season six of Buffy and the best episodes of Dollhouse, which is not Whedon's best, but is still better than 99% of what's on TV. (laughs) I really enjoyed how Fitz figured out that Radcliffe was a robot by the repetition of Asimov's first law of robotics. I got it the moment Fitz did and actually went through the exact sense of surprise that he was feeling. It was really like being there in the moment of discovery. It's amazing to see a TV show do something completely different with the killer robot thing. Every time you think they're getting back into the cliche, they screw with our minds. Seriously, this season is approaching Firefly level, and that's about the highest praise I could ever give a TV show. Ooh, Firefly levels. Woo! I, I, that is pretty much the highest praise I can give a TV show, and I... Man, that's that's some that's saying some stuff, Jeffrey. <laughs> I that's throwing down on some TV love. Uh, uh, Firefly is my favorite show, so I'm right there with him. Um, this this season's been really great. Been really I, great. I don't want it to do that though, because like you get you tell it that it's Firefly level, and that's then it true. just ends. Flies too close to the sun. Is it what just that ends. Is. Yeah, I mean we're into season four. Uh, I'm in some ways it's surprising a show like this lasted this long. You know. Yeah. With it being as good as, as it is, though, I, I expect it to keep going, but there hasn't been I hope so. any announcement yet on Sometimes the show gets so good that the, the audience for it gets just too small. I, 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 you know, I, say, I say that, and it's true, but it seems like that only happens on uh, network television because you can have really great, like Westworld, for instance, yeah. is an amazing... Um, show 
it deals with consciousness. It deals. Um, I don't know if you've seen that Jeffrey James, but you should check it out. Uh, you probably have. Uh, it's it's great. Um, but the 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 quality of acting and writing and the depth they go into the stuff is so good. But it's on HBO, and I have no doubt that show's going to continue for a long time. You know, they're going to get their full run of of uh, exactly what they wanted out of the yeah, series. Like. Uh, but, you know, a great show shows up on network television, and I'm immediately scared that it's going to go away. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe yeah. it's just because they charge enough for HBO that, you know, the fans that are willing to pay for it are paying enough that it supports the show. Maybe the ad revenue is not enough. I don't know. Um, the vetting process might be a lot stricter, too. Like, this has to be a good show write all of the episodes now and then present that to us. Yeah. 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 Then they do that a lot more with, and they do 10 episode seasons as opposed to 22 episode seasons, which allows you to keep the quality up and the costs under control more. So, yeah. Um, Sometimes it's hard to make 22 episodes of television and to keep people on board for that long. You know, uh, keep the ratings high enough. The the series for the Inhumans is actually going to use a different visual effects studio than what Agents of Shield uses. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm. I don't know that I'm necessarily concerned about that, but yeah, I'm not. I'm, it might be. It might be neat to see like a different studio's take on this sort of thing, on the Inhumans thing. Yeah, I'm. I'm interested. Yeah. Cool. Um, but I again, I worry that this season could be it. I think though. I, hope not. I think though, with the multiple arcs and and how good they're doing, that mm-hmm. it's going to be seen like okay, yeah, we got to go ahead and renew this. I hope if they if they if they decide to back off of it, I hope they don't go straight to canceling. I would much rather them go to like sometimes a show will get a reduced order, like they've done twenty two episodes for so many seasons. Sometimes a show. Uh, when it's kind of floundering because they want to get to the hundred and something. Ep- I forget how many episodes it is before you can go into syndication. Um, it's like 115 or something like that. Right. If you can make it to that many episodes, uh, then you become a syndicatable show and they well, can put you on in the afternoons or whatever. Uh, and that makes a lot of money in the future. So they're so close to that number. Yeah. They're at 78 as of hot potato soup. Yeah. They should be really close to 100 by the end of the season, right? Because yeah. 22 per season. They'll be at 81 with uh, with self-control, which is the end of the LMD arc. And then they'll have right. another, what, seven if they had 22 episodes this season. So they'll be at 88. Yeah, so sometimes shows... They need one more season to get there. Right. So Or or sometimes shows will do like a reduced final season, like, like a 14 episodes instead of 22 or something. And sometimes right. the quality goes up because you just have less to do. And if they could keep that good, I, I wouldn't mind them doing a 14-episode season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know? It might just mean the quality is that much better. Yeah, but then, like, if the quality is that much better, then that's we're yearning more for it and right. getting less of it. So. Yeah. Like that supply and demand is just like it's killer <laughs> at that point. Uh, anyway, so uh, next up, Dre Thompson said to us on Facebook, "Agents of Shield spoilers: That damn Radcliffe of all people, he sells them out to Nadir. Now May's gonna kill him twice. <laughs> the Elmay D slash Colson stuff is getting annoying. I don't mind the concept, but don't need every scene to sell it to me. Uh, I like the twist on Bahrain." They've been doing a good job of calling back to previous events from the show and not relying on movie name drops. Uh, shows how far they've come. Max' backstory got to me. I hope they pay it off well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we haven't even discussed Mac and Yo-Yo's story from that episode. Um, that was real. It was real sweet and real sad. 
It was. It, it got to me too. The acting sold it, and the uh, I really felt for that story. Well, when you see like a, a a gentle giant, you know, the big strong guy in in an episode or in a series getting so heartbroken and like he's so strong, but he's also so vulnerable, and mm-hmm. like he's at this point to where he's about to cry, and like that really just it it tugs on your heartstrings really hard. Oh, for sure. Like it uh, yanks on your heartstrings. <laughs> to be yanking on us. Quit yanking on my heartstrings. It don't needs it. Yeah, that is it's it's a really touching touching story, touch, very touching storyline. Um, I'm glad they didn't go with something else. Uh, yeah, I'm glad like I'm glad that's what that text was about. Uh, I don't want to lose respect for you know, and and uh, also Mac. I like Mac too much. Also mentioning the the Elmad Colson stuff. Like I'm glad that they didn't put it to the point of like they slept together. You know. Oh yeah, that I'm glad. Been... I'm glad that it was just that they kissed and that was it. And and wait, oh May and Coulson, yes, yeah. When LDD and Coulson kissed, like I'm glad that it was just kissing, and then immediately after that, he's like, "Nope, you're a robot." <laughs> Maybe she just tasted metallic. <laughs> <laughs> you can't replicate everything. <laughs> May's a better kisser than this. <laughs> Radcliffe, Radcliffe uh, knows a lot about humans and can really replicate a lot of it, but he's never, never been kissed, so, so he, doesn't he really doesn't know, know how to uh, how to replicate that. <laughs> he's just like, unfortunately for Radcliffe, he's a virgin, so he just doesn't know how any of this works. <laughs> <laughs> this is how sex works, right? Um, okay, it's like, Radcliffe, that doesn't even look the same. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> You've seen movies, right? <laughs> like this just isn't even close. <laughs> but I'm I'm rubbing my knee in her armpit. What? <laughs> this is how babies are made, right? All right. Well, that's uh, <laughs> that's enough making fun of poor Radcliffe. <laughs> oh. Um, poor never been kissed Radcliffe. Uh, all right, guys. We're we're the no. Marvels and Maguires podcast. <laughs> it's really great to be with you guys. We're gonna be back next week uh with another cast i'm back from my uh songwriting retreat and hopefully jeff's life has slowed to the point that we'll be able to do some cast this week i gotta i still have to do like three assignments worth of stuff for school and it's in the advanced java programming now so like it's more intense Mm -hmm. i'm way behind i hear you man it sucks yeah I'm, i'm in the middle of all this writing and recording and so there's a lot of stuff going on, but man, I'm I'm just excited. There's there's so much cool stuff coming in the in the coming weeks. Uh, yeah, in the coming weeks, in the coming months. Yeah, within, within the next three months, we're getting so much cool stuff. Uh, and so, thank you, Marvel. Actually, six weeks. In six weeks, we're getting Iron Fist. Yeah, and in what, like fourteen three, weeks? Three weeks after that, so I'm like, oh well, no, less than two months after that, we're getting. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Great. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, we're that's about all, all for us this week. Uh, please hit us up with your feedback. Uh, we normally record on Thursday night, so if you see the episode uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter or Facebook uh, voicemail, and we will uh, we'll respond. Uh, that tw- that's at MCUcast, MCUcast, uh, Facebook.com slash MCUcast, and 573-CAST-MCU if you want to call us. Um, leave those voicemails. Uh, We would love to talk to you. Peace. Until next time, true believers. (laughs) 